So, uh, listen, uh, guys, we've got uh, three games that uh, our fans want us to talk about. Um, and we'll talk uh, about two of them um, much less uh, briefly than the other one. But uh, let's get started. Everyone, thank you very much for tuning in to the Bolt from the Blue po- podcast. And, and actually, uh, we don't have uh, Ray with us tonight, but we do have... Uh, Bernard Deneen and we do have Colin Savage. So, uh, Bernard, how are you doing, mate? I'm absolutely fine. I mean, I can't believe Ray's let us down, to be honest with you. I mean, he's obviously got a better offer somewhere else, hasn't he? But uh, we'll carry on regardless, won't we? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we're we going to miss our rent-a-gob, but um, uh, <laughs> well, you know, maybe some listeners might find that um, therapeutic. We also have... Um, King of the Kipax writer and City Matters Committee uh, member, Colin Savage. Colin, how are you doing? I'm glad it's Friday. It's Friday today when we're recording. Should yeah. And it's been two horrific weeks at work. So I was so glad to shut down my work laptop at five o'clock. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you guys. Yeah, it's going to be fun, guys. This is 5.35 a.m. here in uh, South Korea. And uh, we've got uh, these uh, both these guys from the UK, and uh, we've got three games to talk about. Really, um, the first one we'll talk about briefly was the six-one against uh, Wickham. Uh, Bernard, did you go to that game, or did you watch it on TV? No, I went. I went to the game, and uh, considering the, I don't even know what the crowd was. I've still not seen it to be honest with you. But uh, I thought the atmosphere was pretty good to be honest with you. We. Uh, a bit of banter between us and the Wickham fans, and uh, no, it was a really good night, and I enjoyed it. And uh, obviously, we had to give them a gold start, but uh, no, I, I thought the crowd, even though it wasn't large, I thought the atmosphere, which it has been at the Etihad, I think so far this season, was very, very good. I, I did enjoy it. Uh huh. Uh, Colin, did you see that game on TV, or were you there? Yeah, no, I, I don't think it was on TV actually, but uh, I was there. But um, thanks to the one, one, the wonderful Manchester Metrolink trams. I nearly decided to go home trying to get there. <laughs> really? Uh, okay. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, well, it, just, just cut in a second. I mean, we got to um, Piccadilly because I get the tram from Altrincham. And uh, it was literally 39 minutes before the next tram was going to the Etihad from Piccadilly Station. So I don't know what was going on. I just I just walked it anyway. It takes 20 minutes. But uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't, I don't know what was going on that night at all. I was on. I think I was on that tram that was 39 minutes later. And if you don't know the Manchester tram system, there's a few lines. They all converge in the city centre, and then some go off to Ashton, which is the Etihad line. Some go off to to Rochdale, Oldham, to Bury, to to Salford. And I just missed um, a double tram to to the Etihad, which would have got me there in very good time. And um, I thought, oh well, one will be along in a minute. So. I think there were about six or seven trams came along in that time. And they were all double units, all empty, and all going to places that no one particularly wanted to go to because they were all empty. Uh, uh, and, and the kind of queue was building up at the Etihad. And I was at a stop. I was at, um, at the um, GMEX, uh, Deansgate Castlefield stop, which, which was before you get to the busy stops in the centre of Manchester. St. Peter's Square, Piccadilly Gardens, Piccadilly itself. And eventually, I say I, it, I thought it was about 25 minutes, but you might be right, it was 39 minutes. A single tram came along, not a double one, to, to uh, Ashton, the Etihad, and it was jam-packed. And, you know, 
I'm, I'm sure we've got listeners in India, and I don't want to kind of disrespect them, but Indian railways would have shuddered in embarrassment at, 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 the, at the numbers on that tram. And, and I say I got on at a stop which was relatively quiet, uh, but I only got on because about half a dozen people got off. And then it was like murder all the way to the Etihad. And I say in that time, about six or seven empty double trams had gone past. And why two of them couldn't have been diverted to Ashton, I do not know. Anyway, uh, so I, I did get to the game, just missed, missed kickoff. Um, even if it's for the kickoff, but obviously didn't miss didn't miss anything significant. But oh, it was shy. It was a you know, and what made it for me was actually Wickham scoring first. <laughs> yeah. That, that's part of the fun, isn't it? You know, they get a goal, they go ahead, they're, they're beating Manchester City, they actually have, the players are going crazy, the fans are going crazy. And you knew, well, it, I think we knew it was, wasn't like it to end that way, but it was just, a, that that just made it a bit more fun, didn't it? Raised the, raised the temperature a little bit and uh, got the crowd going. And yeah, it was a thoroughly enjoyable game. And uh, of course, we got to see, you know, We've seen footballing legends playing against our team in the last few days. I mean, um, uh, you know, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, and Akin Fenwa. You know, what more could you want? You know, see a true football legend like Adi Akin Fenwa in the flesh. When are you going to see oh him? Guys, listen, I, I enjoyed that actually. It, it reminds me of the dear old departed um, Duke of Edinburgh when he talked about. Um, you know, installations that looked like a bloody Indian put it in. But, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, let, let me ask uh, Bernard, uh, any of the youngsters uh, uh, stand out for you? Now, I'm looking at the names and it seems to be like a bit of a habit now for young modern parents to give them these uh, double-barreled names. So we've got Conrad Egan Riley, we've got Josh Wilson Esbrand, and then we have the more uh, agricultural, uh, Finley Burns, James McAtee, and then the much uh, hyped uh, Romeo Lavia. Um, did any of the, uh, these uh, youngsters uh, stand out to you? Uh, what did you think, uh, Bernard? Yeah, I think Pep, Pep was very, very clever, wasn't he? I mean, I, I thought he was going to put an old head in there, but he, he played the back guys who used to playing with each other. I thought it was a, a master stroke, if you like, because they, they looked comfortable. Look, they, they even made Stefan look good, which was uh, quite an accomplishment, you know. To, I mean, it, it was full of confidence because obviously he was, he was sort of looking after the young lads in front of him. And I thought, I just thought Pep played a master stroke, and I can't think of any of those lads. Who, uh, who had a bad game. I thought they were all excellent on the night, did a great job. And can I just before, just mention Akin Fenway, um, I must admit I was transported back to the fields of Hoffend and Talkington Park when I was watching him and uh, some, <laughs> centre for, some centre forwards I sort of played against because it was a bit, of a, obviously he's, he's a bit old now, is he 39 I think he is now and uh, it was a bit Immobile. He wasn't very mobile on the night. He was sort of doddering around. I must admit, I did get visions of Hoffend and a big centre. Like that, though. Just a big centre. I mean, he was just a big unit, is let's be honest about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good, good, good run out for the young lads. And I was totally, totally impressed with everyone on the pitch, even the older guys who seemed to take the young lads under the wing. You know, KDB loved it. He sort of looked after them uh, uh, on the night. You know, I thought I thought it was a, a quite a, 
from a from a team point of view, from a morale point of view, I thought it was a superb game for uh, for City and well done Pep for putting that team out on the night. Well, um, uh, Colin, here was the team: um, Zach Steffen goal. Then we had someone called Egan Riley on one side of the defence, Wilson E. Esbrand on the other side, uh, Finley Burns and Mbete in the middle. Then more familiar names in the midfield: we have uh, KDB Lavia. And Foden up front, Mares, Torres, and uh, Sterling. Um, were you surprised, uh, uh, Colin, with uh, that many youngsters in there? Uh, no, no, not really. I mean, Pep has a bit of a habit of that. What I was slightly surprised about was really the whole of the, I suppose you call it the back five, that Lavi and the back four were youngsters. And um, the front five were you know, quite very experienced players. Yeah, I, I thought maybe you'd put someone like, um, you know, McAtee or Igozi, you know, so, um, obviously uh, Liam Delap's out on loan, uh, Palmer, um, so, so, you know, someone like that, mix it up a little bit, but to be, as Bernard said, to be fair to Pep, he, he played a blinder and, and that, that back five are all used, used to playing together. And um, for me, uh, the, the two really caught the eye, uh, the left back, Wilson Esbrand and uh, Romeo Lavia. They, they both stood out, and Bete was quite good. Uh, but but those two, I think, were the standouts on the night. Yeah, McAtee and uh, Cole Palmer came on, uh, both of them, uh, on the 72nd uh, minute. Um, but, yeah, I, I just wanted to ask uh, Bernard about um, this guy, Romeo Lavia, because there's been quite a lot of uh, press speculation about him, um, about whether City will... Um, incorporate him into the uh, first team squad or send him out on loan um, did he stand out to you at all yeah i thought he was excellent i mean the, the thing the thing what what does not upset me but but uh, I, I must admit we don't we're not going to see these young lads much i mean let's be honest about it certainly not this season or perhaps perhaps next season because that's not what he does he plays them in the cup, early rounds of the cup games and then we don't see them do it but uh Lavia was excellent. Lavia, Lavia's got so much potential, but I can see him being loaned out, to be honest with you, to uh, to get this experience because Pep's obviously harps up about the um, the under twenty threes and having them in in the football league and stuff like this, hasn't he? Which uh, obviously we can see his point, but it obviously has caused a lot of consternation as well. But uh, yeah, it's great to see these young lads. But we know once we get to the to the end of this, even the uh, Carabao Cup. We know once we get to the semi-finals, he tends to stick with his old and tried and tested, doesn't he? Let's be honest about it. Uh, it is great, but it's, it's such a shame. I mean, Delap as well, I would have loved to have seen him, but as you said, he, he wasn't fit on the night. But, uh, you know, it's just players like that we want to see more of and we don't get opportunities. But uh, they've got some good young talent there, but unfortunately it looks as old they have to get loaned out on stuff like this. There's... Uh, I don't think there's going to be many Phil Foldens over the next couple of years with that with that group of lads that played uh, against Wickham, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, it sort of makes you want to go and watch under-23s a bit more, perhaps. You know, I, I don't do that myself. I don't go and watch the academy, you know, the younger team, the EDS and stuff like that. But uh, I must admit, uh, it does make you think, well, I'll, I'll tune in on City Plus and, and just have a look occasionally. You know, it does, does make you want to do that because... the he plays some great football, and especially as you said, Lavia stood out as well in his position. He, he looked as though he was, he'd been playing there, you know, in that sort of level uh, for for three or four years. He was just so confident. Well, you look at the two lads who stood out uh, for me, anyway, Wilson Esbrand and Lavia. They're they're playing in positions where 
um, we're not overly um, endowed, really. You know, left back, um, he, he who can't be talked about. Um, you know, we, we don't have a left back, do we? An out and out left back now. Um, and, and Fernandinho, we've given him an extra season, but he's not looking like the Fernandinho of old, really, is he? So I think there are opportunities for both of those two because it's a position where we are short of uh, backup, basically. Well, you know, left back, but it's not even backup we have the problem with. It's uh, the left back, you know, it's the, uh, the, the first choice. Well, um, as, as Colin said, um, on 22nd minute, we get stung into action. Uh, Wickham got a goal with uh, uh, Hanlon, I believe uh, the guy was um, uh, called. And then there was an avalanche. It's probably a good, it's probably a good thing, actually, uh, um, Colin, that Ray is not here. Because um, I thought it was a decent performance by Mares. He, he scored twice and uh, he made um, uh, Foden's goal, I think. And he was looking uh, pretty sharp. Of course, if Ray had been here, he would have been pouring cold water all over that. But uh, <laughs> I thought he was quite good, Colin. Yeah, um, you know, Morris had it. You, to be honest, you'd expect the forwards to have a good game. I mean, no disrespect to Wickham. I mean, we, we, they, they were pretty good, but you'd expect the forwards to have a, a, a good game against uh, a team like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Morris was good. And, and I think... Um, Despite the the groans when he stepped up to take the penalty, that was a penalty that no one was getting to. Yeah, yeah. So only put Bruno Fernandez in the shade. <laughs> and uh, who have we got in the in the next round of this? Do we know um, uh, Bernard West Ham? West Ham. What do you think about that? Well, I'm gutted because <laughs> I forgot I forgot when the tickets were going on sale. So, and I looked today and they've gone and sold out, and I can't believe it because I, I was I sort of all right. I'll get to this one. I've not been to the uh, new state, the West Ham Stadium, the new one. So I thought, oh great, I'll get I'll get a ticket for this one. And I, I totally forgot I totally forgot they'd gone on sale. So at the moment they've sold out, but we, uh, we only got three thousand. So I'm hoping West Ham will release some more because obviously there should be a lot more for. Uh, Cup games anyway, shouldn't they? But uh, obviously with the COVID, I'm not too sure whether that's it. I don't know if we're going to get any more, but uh, I'm gutted now. So I'm really a bit, a bit depressed with myself now because I, I say I've, I've been back at work after two and a half weeks off, so my mind's been totally, uh, totally gone the last couple of days. So, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. But, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I'll tell you what, it'll be a real challenge to... Um, the old Carabao Cup holders, won't it? Let's be honest about it. Uh, it's certainly not an easy tie, is it? It's probably if we're going to pick someone to play, it's probably not West Ham. We don't want to play at this stage because uh, they do as again. They've started the season very, very well again, of course. So, uh, but yes, I wish, I wish I was a bit more alert, and I would be, I would be uh, looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, be a great game, be a great game. But it will test our holdership of the old Carabao Cup because it's our cup, you know, it's nobody else's now, it's ours, it's, it's obviously our cup now, so uh, yeah, but I think it'd be interesting, it'd be a good night and let's hope we put strong teams out, uh, I'm sure we won't put too many kids out there, I don't think, uh, I think Pep will go fairly strong because he, he likes the Carabao Cup, doesn't he, let's be honest about it, yeah. like we all do. He does, but you might be in luck, uh, Bernard, because uh, one of um, our one of our good friends and one of the listeners to our show is uh, None other than Jim Salveson, who has uh, the radio shows on uh, BBC. He's a West Ham supporter. So, um, Jim, if you can sort out Bernard with a ticket for that game, <laughs> we will be very, very grateful. Um, I was talking to uh, Jim about uh, the fact that I reckon 
that um, they, they put up this statue at West Ham of, uh, with the three uh, World Cup uh, legends, but they really, really desperately need to put up one for Jimmy Greaves. Now, guys, uh, 2004, um, I, that's when I was in hospital diagnosed with uh, Crohn's disease. My dad brought me um, Jimmy Greaves' autobiography, one of my most treasured possessions. And what a guy that was. I mean, uh, let me tell you guys, um, if you look back at goal scoring records, you look at Sergio Aguero, you look at uh, the guy at Liverpool, Salah. But actually, there were two guys that were much, much more lethal. One of them was uh, Brian Clough before he got injured. He was absolutely lethal. And his uh, compadre was uh, Jimmy Greaves, who was possibly a touch better. And uh, if uh, there are youngsters uh, laughing at this uh, right now, guys, go back to the history books. Look at Clough, look at Jimmy Greaves. But um, the, one of the reasons why um, I just mentioned that is uh, Jim Salveson. Uh, I used to uh, ring up his um, his uh, old BBC radio show where we were asked to talk about Man City and Man United. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Jim might be able to sort uh, Bernard out with a ticket for that game. But um, we'll, um, we'll, we'll leave that one there and move on to the next game, um, Colin which was where we got our revenge against Chelsea. Now, that was a very, very controlled um, performance in my view. What did you think? Uh, yeah, it was. It was, I think, probably our best performance of, for some time, uh, certainly this season. Um, and I think we were all worried about that game because I know I saw Chelsea as our main title rivals. And, um, you know, we hadn't been in sparkling form. You know, we'd been OK. We hadn't been in sparkling form and, and and Chelsea do what Chelsea do these days although uh, uh, it was a bit of a surprise to see the the, the lineup the Chelsea lineup really it was um I think uh, uh, I said from your Chelsea PSG and Liverpool I, I'd have been delighted with three points from those three games and of course we got we got the three points first first one off so yeah I, I, the Chelsea lineup was amazing because it was like uh what was it like eight two effectively eight eight two zero. But you know, I, I don't know what uh, Thomas Tuchel was playing at, but it was a very very defensive. Uh, you know, have four well, uh, five defenders, two including two wing backs, and and th- really three defensive midfield players. And uh, yeah, you could see what the game plan was for them. Suckers in, uh, boot the ball upfield, and, and catches on the break. But uh, as they did in the Champions League final, of course, but. Um, we never gave them the chance, uh, you know. And isn't Pep brilliant because, you know, having lost them twice last season, playing the same sort of tactics, he's found a way to counter them, counter them, uh, counter them brilliantly. I mean, just when rarely, rarely in the game. It was an interesting game, Bernard, wasn't it? Because um, they had uh, Jorginho in in the middle of the pitch there. Um, and uh, let me just run through their team that Colin mentioned. So obviously the. Eduardo Mendy in goal. They had um, uh, Kante, Azpilicueta, uh, Thiago Silva, uh, Christensen, Rudiger, uh, Loftus-Cheek, Kovacic, Lukaku, um, uh, Alonso, uh, Werner, Rhys James, uh, Jorginho and Havertz. Uh, and it was... Uh, it was a strange um, uh, lineup. Start, by the way, Mike. Sorry? Havertz didn't start. It was Lukaku and 
Timo Werner up from. Oh, I beg, uh, I beg, your, I beg your pardon. Um, but it, it was um, it, it was a strange um, lineup. It was this a uh, Bernard? Was this a a case of um, uh, of actually Tuchel overthinking things? I think it was. I mean, the thing the thing is, if you, if you do think about it, I mean that we actually. It was only sort of deflections in that box and a deflection that got the goal. So Tuchel probably, again, sort of played it quite right to what he wanted to do. Um, he actually wanted to keep it tight. I was a bit surprised he went with Werner up front. I would have thought that Havertz would have been ideal again. But I think uh, it was chalk and cheese from City, let's be honest about it. We, told, we just totally went for it. We took a bit of a chance. Uh, I mean, we did leave sort of one-on-ones at the back. But uh, Lukaku, his touch was a bit like a, a, a snooker table, uh, you know, uh, around two. You know, it just kept bouncing off him, off, off, the, off the side. Every time he got the ball, he sort of bounced five yards in front of him. And he had one of those games where he looks a bit useless. He can be fantastic one game uh, and not so much the next. So I think Ver was absolutely a disaster class. So, I mean, it was just literally, as you said, nine at the back and City were just pummeling away and fortunately we did get the lucky break, didn't we? And we got that little deflection, uh, a little sniffer, sniffer Jesus there uh, got the goal for us. But, uh, yeah, it was almost, uh, again, a good tactical display by two because he would have been happy with the draw, I think, uh, based on that team. And he would have happy with the draw. He'd nick a win, fantastic. But Because uh, he would have brought Havertz on for like, the last 10 minutes to try and nick a goal and win the game. But, uh, no, again, Pep played it right. The lads, I mean, that performance, I mean, we couldn't put that in every week. The players couldn't be expected to run like that every week. It was just, you know, I'm hoping for similar against Liverpool because we're going to need to do that. But uh, it was just brilliant all round, again, from the team. I, don't, I mean, the worst players on the pitch were KDB and Foden. You know, they were the worst players on the pitch and they're usually our best players. You know, they're, they're, they're the standout guys. They're the ones we rely on. But they were sort of put in the shadow by the rest of the team. It was just a total team performance. And I've not seen one like that from City for a, for a long, long time. But uh, yeah, Chelsea deserved everything they got, which is absolutely sod all. And that's all they got out of it. Well, uh, Colin, someone who wasn't the, the worst on the pitch was Bernardo Silva. And that uh, that actually makes me, uh, the, the more rumours I hear about the fact that him and his girlfriend want to go off to hotter climbs, uh, makes me sad. He put in a great shift there, and we're going to have to hope that he does the same against Liverpool. Colin, what did you think of him? I thought he had a great game, um, him and Rodri. Uh, I mean, he dropped a bit deeper uh, initially, so it was kind of, I, I don't know what you call it really, 4-2-3-1 or 4 2 it was almost like a 4-2-4, but the four weren't really kind of uh, two wingers. I, I, I don't know. It, it was difficult. To, it's always difficult to describe what Pep does, but Bernardo dropped deeper and he does what he does so well. You know, he harries, he hassles. He's always there. He's always got a foot in. Uh, you know, he's always there to pick up a ball. Um, he, he always looks dangerous. And I, 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 I thought he was superb that on the, on. on for that game, that particular game, as he always is, of course, or well, usually is. Again, Rodri had a great game. I thought Rodri was brilliant. Yeah, that's what I was uh, just about to say, um, uh, Bernard. Uh, a lot of people had their doubts about Rodri, um, but um, he showed everyone in this particular game what he's all about. Now, people say that he's slower and less mobile than you know than prime uh, Fernandinho, but. We've seen uh, Fernandinho, as Colin said, it's dropping off a little bit in the swan song of his career. But um, 
Rodri was um, very commanding, didn't you think? Yeah, so I've not, I was not up to this season, probably up to this season. I was still the jury was out for me on Rodri. But uh, I think Pep's finally realised that Rodri's Rodri. He's not Fernandino. I think we all have to realise that. Uh, and he's playing to his strength. And yes, he's got the turning circle of the Titanic, hasn't he? Let's be honest about it. If something happens, he's, he's, he, does, he does struggle a little bit for pace and that little turn. And, but obviously, tactically, you play with what you've got. You set up your team to, to allow for that. So obviously, he was brilliant. I just thought Rodri, again, as I said, like like most of the team, and I've been quite impressed with Rodri. I think, I think he's found his own, he's finding his own little niche now. Uh, obviously, the games like you know the big games will tell. Obviously, we, we've not talked about the PSG game or the uh, obviously the Liverpool game, but uh, they're the games where we really want to see what Rodri's made of. But he, he has proven it against so-called lesser teams, if you like. And uh, as I say, I think he's found his little niche now. I think I think Pep's found a way to get the best out of him, and hopefully, it'll uh, get the best out of the team as well. Mm-hmm. And Colin, it seems like we find ourselves a new right winger. Gabriel Jesus, um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, I, he is, um, I, I don't know, fifty uh, percent more effective, uh, Colin, on that right wing than he ever was as a centre forward. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he likes playing there. He said he likes playing there. He plays there for Brazil. Uh, he's a clever footballer. I mean, we say Rodri's not Fernandinho. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is not Sergio Aguero. Uh, we've said this before on the pod. Uh, uh, yeah, and you say he's found his niche playing just out on the right there, and uh, where he can cut inside. I mean, um, you know, yeah, I, I think back to someone like Dennis Stewart, who mm. um, was probably more of an out-and-out winger, but uh, you know, came inside from that right-hand side. I always remember, and uh, uh, was devastatingly effective. And uh, and you know what you're going to get with with Gabby J. You know he's going to do the run. He's going to do a load of running. He's going to hassle. He's going to harry. He's going to turn up in his own box when we need to. Yeah, you know, when we're when we're kind of defending on the break. But he's going to be up there. He's going to be chasing the keeper. He's going to be chasing the centre back. He's going to be chasing the wing backs. And um, yeah, he, you know he gives you he gives you that. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, if you're sort of like under thirty five, uh, check out uh, Dennis Stewart. Um, now he was the one whose uh, spectacular uh, uh, overhead kick won us the 1976 uh, Cup Final, uh, FA Cup Final, uh, wasn't it? The League Cup Final. Peter Barnes, I think, scored the first one. Um, And uh, check out that guy. And uh, he's still giving his opinions uh, about City and about the Premier League. And uh, a very, very wonderful man that he is. Now, one piece of... Before we go on to the next game, guys... One piece of news devastated me. It devastated me. And that was the retirement of Samir Nasri. And um, every City uh, fan laughs at me because, you know, everyone has their favourite player. I know that uh, Collins was um, Colin Bell. And uh, I don't know, just something about him, something about that guy, something about the way that he celebrated his goals. And particularly, I think that particular that that goal he scored in the cup final, the league uh, was it against uh, Stoke or Sunderland. Sunderland. Sunderland, you know, it hit with the, uh, the the outside of of the boot, and I just love that enormous like thousand watt smile that he had. Um, how will he be remembered, Bernard? Do you think for for City fans? 
I think I think Nas is one of these players that we fondly remember now. I mean, I wasn't, but at the time, <laughs> I'm not someone probably like you. And at the time, I thought, yeah, he's okay. He had some great games, but some games where he just wanted to get him by the throat and wring his wring his neck. To be honest with you, but I think he's one of those players. One of those players that when he leaves, you think you can think about all the nice things. You can think about all the good things. You know, there's a lot of City players that a long time before Nasri came along, we we do that. We can think about all. The, the, the guys from the 90s, you know, the 80s and the 90s that we sort of fondly remember now, just not always for the good things. And I say, I, I do like Nasri. He's like, no doubt about his, his, his actually skill and smoothness. He was, 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 was brilliant on his day, of course he was. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it'd be nice to see him back in some way. We always want to see our ex-players back, don't we? It's, uh, it's uh, City doing various things, ambassador roles or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fondly remembered. But I can remember there'll be a lot of people saying, you, you put it on Twitter, for instance, There'll be a lot of people saying, "Oh, he was rubbish." Him, I don't, I don't rate him. He's just one of those players that would uh, would divide opinion. But uh, yeah, I think he did a pretty good job for City while he was there. And uh, I, 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 you know me, I don't ever watch any. I, I don't like ever having a downer on any City player, no matter who it is. But uh, yeah, I think we fondly remember. Uh, I know he's your favourite, uh, Mike. So uh, yeah, absolutely. What, what a star, superstar, absolutely wonderful. Yes, I have fun memories and. I'm going to have a look at my programmes tomorrow and try and dig up some some images and memories of him now. Now you've reminded me, so or perhaps not, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, Colin, Colin, he probably got uh, that thousand watt smile that I mentioned and his goal celebration it allowed him allowed him to to get away with um, some deep character flaws. I think you might say. What do you think, Colin? Well, I think he enjoyed his football and he enjoyed his life. But I think. <laughs> enjoyed his life a little bit too much and of course um talking about not turning up i mean obviously nasri was the target of mancini's um outburst i want to give a punch said mancini yeah um i thought we won't uh, reproduce it here but um yeah uh, yeah so it was Nas- nasri he was having a go at wasn't it for not getting back and um stopping jamie mackie scoring that second goal but it turned out all right N- that sammy knew it was going to turn all right that's all right in the end. Yeah, I always remember watching him for Arsenal actually before he came to us, and I remember thinking, "Oh, I wish we had a player like Sami Nasri." And we did. We got a player like Sami Nasri, and it was a joy. Yeah, you know, on his day, it was a joy to watch. You think of that that goal, say against Sunderland in the League Cup final. Um, you know, it was. Uh, 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 and of course, the other game is the uh, the six one against Spurs. When yeah, he yeah, yeah. Recently joined us at the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. title winning season and uh you know for an ex-arsenal player to stick being a team that stuck six past spurs must have been particular and you could see in his face you know the the the, the kind of joy and the um i don't know what you call it really the the, the realization that he'd come to a team that was way above what he what even he'd been used to playing for arsenal yeah yeah bernard he was um he was obviously m- much coveted uh, by City fans before he came to us. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, is the modern day equivalent of uh, of Nasri maybe Son Hyung Min, where City fans really would like that guy to be playing for us? Oh, I think you, I don't think you're far wrong there. Actually, yeah, I mean he's a, he's another one that you know is another one that would probably drive me to distraction occasionally. But uh, there's a lot of consistency, I think, with Son, isn't there? I think uh, perhaps that uh, we didn't quite get with uh, Sammy, but. Uh, 
Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's spot on. I think you made a, a really good comparison. I mean, I'd have Son tomorrow, but I mean, Levy would want about three hundred million pounds for him, wouldn't he? So <laughs> there's not there's not much chance of those getting him anytime soon. I don't think. But uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, and uh, as I say, he's a bit of a bit of a. Um, a bit of a whinge as well, and Nasri was sometimes a bit of a whinge, wasn't it? A bit of a bit of a Mary Ellen, shall we say, in the old, the old, <laughs> the old language, if you like. I think Son's a bit like that occasionally. So yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm afraid I can't. I don't think we can stump up the 300 million needed to bring him, unfortunately. <laughs> well, Colin, we can't get away from uh, the latest game. Obviously, uh, Paris Saint Germain against Man City. Now we duffed them twice um, last season. Uh, despite all of their uh, superstars, but it wasn't to be this time. Um, I mean, you would never have guessed that Idrissa Gay uh, would score for them. Uh, and obviously, uh, you can't uh, legislate for a goal like uh, the one that Messi has scored. But, you know, I feel, um, guys, I feel a little bit cheated um, by this result because we were, I, I'm going to stick my neck out here. Uh, we were better than them. Uh, we lost to to, to uh, clinical strikes, and uh, Bernardo, you know, hit the bar, and and Sterling was Sterling, um, Colin. But uh, uh, Colin, does that does that scoreline really reflect this game to people that didn't see it? No, it doesn't. I agree with you. We were. I don't think we were great on the night. It was a funny sort of game. I say we were. I don't think we were great. I don't think the front five particularly distinguish themselves but we were we we were better than them you know we we, we were effective i thought without being great uh you know when, when even kevin de bruyne you know he doesn't catch the eye um yeah sterling and mares were, were were they the right players for that sort of game both completely ineffective uh kev uh pretty ineffective i would say for for him um uh bernardo had a, a, a a good game, but uh, even Grealish was was struggling, um, and it was just a strange sort of game that I, I think we were better. I don't think two nil. I don't think I don't think the result was a, a particularly fair result, but we had our chances and we didn't take them. I mean Bernardo, how we? Uh, I'll give Sterling a, a pass because it was a tough header, uh, but how Bernardo missed the rebound, I do not know. Whether even. It was a bit of debate about whether it was onside or offside. Uh, it was very, very close, but he still should have put the ball in the net. You know? um, uh, and I think we, again, we seem to, the chances we have, we seem to mess about in front of goal. It seems to be at times back to the old days of pass, 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 pass. Uh, you know, and, and PSG, I think they defended very well, which you don't normally associate with, with PSG. They've got a very talented team, but no, it, it doesn't reflect. I don't, I don't think it reflects the. Um, I, I'm just looking at the stats. Um, and we had kind of 50, 54 percent possession to 46. We had seven shots on target to their three, uh, 18 shots in all to their six. You know, we had 10 corners to their two. Um, no, I mean all the stats suggest we were we were the more assertive team, but we weren't good enough on the night. But, but we were better than them. I mean. It, it was a strange game for me. Uh, yeah, Bernard, I'm just going to go through the, the, the lineups of both teams. So I think Donnarumma in goal had one of the games of his life. Um, Hakimi Marquinhos Kimpembe. There's a dirty sod, that guy, Kimpembe. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Mendes, uh, 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 Verratti, Idrissa Gay and uh, 
Oh, Herrera, under Herrera, he used to play for Manchester United in midfield. And then the, the, the famous um, three up front, uh, Messi, Mbappe and Neymar. And um, they it was really Messi that uh, sealed that. For us, we had Ederson in, in goal, with Kyle Walker, Ruben Diaz. Maybe Laporte didn't have his best game. Cancelo, who's playing on the left side uh, in the last few games, KDB, Rodri and Bernardo, who you'd expect in midfield, Mares, Sterling and Grealish. Um, um, uh, Bernard, we, we were better than them. We were really better than them. But um, the age-old criticism comes up, doesn't it, uh, that uh, there's, there's no clinical finisher for, for Man City? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Pep went stronger than I thought. But when you go strong, do you actually put in Mares and Sterling? It isn't really going strong. But I thought it was very good of Pep, actually, because obviously uh, Pochettino only played with 10 men because he had Neymar playing. So we obviously, <laughs> evened that, we obviously evened that up by putting Sterling on. So that sort of made it a nice nice game. But I remember, was it was it, was it last season that Ferguson went to give PSG a team talk, wasn't it, in the hotel or something like this? Yeah. And I, I think I think this season I think Tuchel Tuchel must have gone and give Pochettino a, t- a team talk to, to, for those tactics PSG played because you know there was literally a line of five and then a line of three or four even Messi was coming back to play a play a defensive role so I mean it wasn't the PSG we saw last year and to think we got beat two nil and our best players were our defenders. And we battered them and had 18 shots, but our forwards didn't really do do anything. I think Collins is absolutely spot on. It was such a weird, weird game. I mean, it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, the goalie was fantastic in a goalie way. He did what he had to do. He didn't do anything fantastic. He got lucky. Well, not lucky. He spreads himself. And I remember that KDB shot that it's his leg, that his outstretched leg. That could have easily got in the goal. And so the goalie was excellent. He did a proper job. And it was just one of those games where we could have played all night. There's no way we're going to score in that game. It was just, it was just, just you know, and Bernardo just sums it up. I mean, he scored. I mean, strikers score strikers' goals and sniff them out, don't they? But we've got midfielders in those positions. I'm afraid midfielders don't sniff out those sort of goals. I mean, Sean Golter would have sort of barged that in with his chest or oh, his groin or something. You know what I mean? But Bernardo tried to put his foot on it, and obviously the ball was rising. So obviously the ball rises again, and you know, that's the instinct. That's the instinct between a striker. And a midfielder about scoring goals. As I said, a good striker would have just bundled that in the goal. Harry Kane would have just dived and just chested it in or something like that. So that is the difference. But as I said, it was, it was a weird game. And it, it you know, Pep's going to say it, isn't he? Every time we don't score, he'll get the blame for not buying a striker. But the, these are the games. These are the, these are the games where we need those chances put away. And unfortunately, we didn't. But it, it was it was a strange game. We didn't deserve to lose, but we did because we did. We did lose. It's simple as that. We, you know, they, PSG did as much as they needed to do. And uh, uh, to see that Pochettino smiling face after the game, really, really, I think it riled me more than the match, to be honest with you. I just saw his little smug face after the game. And I, I, just, I, just, I just hope we batter him when we get him back to our place because, uh, you know, <laughs> they didn't. I don't think they deserved it. The, the way they played, they didn't deserve it. But hey, that, that's football, isn't it? You don't always get what you deserve, unfortunately. Well, uh, with that game though, um, if you're looking at the Chelsea, that game, Chelsea and Liverpool, and you say you've got to lose one, that would have been the one I think most City yeah. fans would have been happy to lose because, yeah. obviously, well, I mean, uh, FC Brugge have been a bit of a surprise. 
so we can't take them lightly. But the chances are we're going to go through anyway. Um, you know, and there will be 15 other, you know, well, at least a dozen other top teams also go through. Doesn't mean, you know, there are some strange results, I mind you, in the Champions League group stage this season. But, you know, um, you can afford to lose a group a group game and or lose and draw one. You know, we get three points in Leipzig. We get three points at home to to FC Brugge. We're, we're, we're going through anyway. So, you know, it, it, if it's a case of we have to lose one of the, the three, those three big games, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to lose the PSG one. Well, there, there are some strange results, Colin, aren't there? Because I think that Real Madrid got beaten by a bunch of postmen, didn't they? Um, I think Sherry. Well, Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird result, wasn't it, Bernard? I don't, I don't know what's going on in this championship. As I said, as, as Colin says, you can lose a game or two in this. the, the big teams, the seeded teams, if you like, and it's not a big deal. They'll, uh, they'll probably get through. But uh, it's nice to see, isn't it? That's what, that's what we want. This is this is what the sort of knockout European Cup would have been, wouldn't it? where you get these little minnows uh, springing the surprises. You don't see it anymore with these little groups. They're all so well seeded. You just don't, don't usually see this sort of thing. So... Uh, from a footballing perspective, it's, it's wonderful to see. It is wonderful to see. And as I say, like Colin, uh, obviously we should be beating uh, uh, Bruges or Brugger or however, however way you pronounce it. But uh, it's made it a little bit harder, hasn't it? It made it a little bit more, he's uh, going to have to go a little bit stronger. But uh, yeah, but it's great to see that this the Sheriff's team, I mean, the young boys did it, didn't they, a couple of weeks ago. It's great. To, it's oh. just, great to see, just great to see those results. And this is what I'd like to see more in, in these European competitions, you know, where it's a bit more potluck rather than just the boring same thing that you know year in year out which is what it tends to be unfortunately yeah young boys are say young boys are top of their group um sheriff tiraspol are top of their group clear um bayern are top of that young boys are top of group f with manchester united yeah that's wrong Uh, no it must be sorry that was after the um before the, the wednesday night game uh, so yeah, there's been some strange, strange results. But um, you know, Chelsea got beat by Juve, didn't they? And, they did. You know, they did indeed. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there, are, there are strange results, and um, obviously Manchester United getting through by the skin of their teeth, like a Ronaldo goal in the 95th minute. They're not the the fearsome warriors that uh, that uh, people thought that they were going to be. Like two draws already in the league. Uh, obviously beaten by young boys and just scraped through in that last game. They're they're Bernard. I don't. You know, people put them for a cast iron uh, top four position. I don't think that they are. It's, it's City, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, and it's not them for number four. I I I, I might argue for someone like Everton. Um, I, I know that people. Uh, don't like uh, Rafa Benitez, but I think that he's a good manager. I think that he could probably get them into fourth. What do you think? Yeah, uh, the thing is with United, they, they, they play it to the last minute, don't they? I mean, I think there was an article, was it, about all these uh, Liverpool United have had the most wonderful late last minute things I think I read today somewhere, some rubbish anyway, someone put out. But we keep saying this every season though, don't we? I mean, last season they got a lot of luck, they did okay, they finished runners up and they got a lot of luck in games. And one of the one of the reasons they got luck this season is going to be that guy up front. It's as simple as that. I mean, without that, without Ronaldo, it's doubtful 
Um, Tomlin would put the ball in the net or, or any of these other guys. Would be, I mean, certainly Martial and Rashford, I mean, they're not capable, but I'm sure they'd probably find someone to do it. But uh, he's, he's going to be the difference, isn't he, I think, uh, this season of uh, if they do get a top four finish. And uh, yeah, it, they continue. They continue to get the luck. So um, let's just let's just hope uh, this luck does run out. But season in, season out, we keep saying that, don't we? And they, uh, so they keep they keep plodding on, unfortunately. Colin, who does City play next? City. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Come on, Colin, you know who it is. <laughs> I, I, I believe it's uh, Liverpool. Okay. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about this, Bernard. I mean, um, I don't have any compunction at all in saying that I hate them. Now, the, 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 now the, there's something funny here. I, I recently watched them... Um, a replay of the Nigel Benn against Chris Eubank uh, boxing uh, match. And um, they were on TV with a um, famous uh, broadcaster and uh, they had to sign their contracts all uh, like in front of the TV crew. And um, Chris Eubank was very gentlemanly and he said, let's have some parliamentary procedure here. And uh, you would only, that's only a phrase that you only hear from Chris Eubank. And when it came to Nigel Benn, he said, no, I hate him. I hate him. Um, uh, I hate them. I absolutely hate them. I don't know why. Probably because I'm a child of the uh, late 1970s and they they used to kill us. Like, And one of my best friends was a Liverpool supporter. Every time we played football, like uh, when anyone scored a goal, they would scream out dog leash. And um, I, I, I just hated them with a passion. And it hasn't dimmed. Uh, Bernard, even now that I'm 52, it's, it hasn't dimmed. I still hate them. How much would it mean for you, uh, Bernard, to to duff them up in the next game? Well, I'm, I don't all I don't all this much of a grudge. Obviously, you you and Colin, I, I sort of I was very grateful for Liverpool when they were stopping United winning things. I still I still remember that they used to stuff us every time they came to Main Road, but uh, Anfield. But uh, I was grateful. I was grateful that they kept uh, they kept that other rabble away. So, but now, obviously, over the last what eight, nine, ten seasons, yes, yes, there was a little bit of a dislike growing, uh, and obviously. It's not going to be easy, is it? They just stuffed Porto 5-1. I don't know how they managed to do that. Uh, I thought uh, Porto would give them a good game midweek. But, uh, you know, after that 3-3 at Brentford, I thought there was a chink. I thought there was a chink there for us to actually go and do something. But I'm starting to panic again now after that Porto thing. I think, uh, obviously, they're going to play that that solid uh, front three. They're going to have the cop, aren't they? Don't forget. They're going to have the cop behind them this season, which they didn't have, obviously, yet last season, which uh, might be the difference. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I hate them as much as United, but uh, there's a dislike. And I think on Twitter, I've sort of blocked most Liverpool fans now. So I don't, I don't see a lot of rubbish from them anyway. So that's that's not too bad. So that's that's quite good. But uh, I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit worried on what you, you and Colin think. I'm a, I'm a little bit worried that, uh, obviously, I like my stats. So obviously we don't have good stats at Anfield, let's be honest about it. And um, I'm not overly optimistic. So I'm sure you two are going to convince me now of the fact that we're going to go to Anfield and beat them 4-1 again. I'm hoping you can convince me of that in the next uh, few minutes. Well, uh, Colin, um, I'm sure that Mr Klopp will have the grass long. He'll have the wind uh, blowing. Um, he'll have uh, all of these things. Um, uh, we won't have Leroy Sané this time, just stick it in them. 
Um, how do you think this game is going to go? And also, Colin, do you hate Liverpool as much as I do? <laughs> do I hate them? Nah. Do I hate a club? No. <laughs> Damned I with big praise. <laughs> United, of course. I mean, you know, arrogance runs through their DNA, doesn't it? But I sort of laugh at Liverpool. You know, we have a good bit of a giggle, don't we? I mean, uh, things like the coach attack, which they've got away with twice now. Um, you know, no other we wouldn't get away with that. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we have a laugh at them, don't we? You know, the the out of town support and you know how many they've got something like seven thousand season ticket holders. <laughs> with all the uh, you, you know, you, you you never hear you rarely hear a scout. The Beatles like, and like, John Lennon and everything, you know, come out of Anfield. So, and, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I, I, hate clubs you know it's life's too short uh, i know lots of good liverpool fans guys listen i can replay you i can replay you a pod from last uh two seasons ago when he was a really very very different colin has gotten very very respectful and very very magnanimous all of a sudden colin, yeah. You know, we have a laugh at them don't we you know i um uh, uh, you know, I work with quite a few, and uh, you know, I, I've met some great Liverpool fans in the in the past, but they but they have seem to have a higher proportion of idiots among their fan base. And there's one particular uh, I'm not going to mention who um, is going to get a lot <laughs> if he carries on the way he's going. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, yeah, they're always entertaining games, aren't they? That's the thing. You know, whatever you think about Liverpool, they play football. I mean, all right, it's not hoofball, maybe. And you know, I was w- watching their game against Brentford. I think two of the three goals came from hoofs upfield. And that's the way they play. That's Klopp's, Klopp's style, you know, soak up the pressure, win the ball back, get it to those front three who are deadly, generally. football. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and Jota has, has made a difference there. He's, uh, uh, and that's their style. Uh, and, and it's up to us to... It's up to us to counteract it and do something ourselves. And, you know, which city will turn up? The one that um, I, I don't think we'll play like we played against Chelsea, for example, because that I don't think that really works against Liverpool. I think you've got to be a little bit more fly against them. But we've done it in the past. You know, we did it last season. We, we've been better there. We've we, we maybe not won, but we've been, uh, I think only once in the last few seasons, we've been battered there. Uh, that was the, the Pellegrini last season, wasn't it? So they're always entertaining games. You know, it's two great teams playing football. Um, I'm less worried about Liverpool than I am about Chelsea. And I'd say one of the Liverpool fans I work with was saying that. He said, I, I think he's done that game, obviously. It's more important for us to get three points than for you to get three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is for them. Uh, and I say, if, if it was a case of we, we could uh, we could only get three points from the three games we've just we've, well, Liverpool won the two games we've played. Mm-hmm. I'd have taken all three against Chelsea because I think Chelsea are our main rivals. Liverpool, as uh, 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 Ian, my colleague, said to me, colleague and friend said to me, he said, uh, we'll slip up, you'll just be relentless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I'm, I'm less worried about that game, but it will be entertaining. We know it'll be entertaining virtually. Every game we've played at Anfield um, has been entertaining, hasn't it? You know, you think back to the 2014 game, uh, you know, one of the great games of all time, wasn't it? You know, the ebb and flow of that game and, you know, the way Liverpool thought they'd won the title and, of course, they uh, literally and metaphorically slipped up. Um, 
last season again we you know we put them to the sword didn't we and uh, so yeah it's going to be a good game um i'd be quite happy with the draw but i'd be even happy with a win of course and i think we're capable of winning it because Klopp, i say he's only got one way of playing uh, i think basically he's not uh, he's not a kind of ta- man for tactical subtlety like pepe's uh, and 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 we've shown i think um that we can match them alexander arnold's out isn't he for 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 that game um, that's, that's, that's a bad thing for us because he well, can't. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not great defensively, is he? But uh, he he's you know he's good going forward, and, and I think that I think that probably works slightly slightly in our more in our favour than it does mm-hmm. in theirs. Um, but you know, say Pep's a man of infinite tactical subtlety, and we've shown we, we you know we've come close uh, closer in the last few seasons. Last season we did beat them. Say so what difference? Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about the cops sucking the ball into the net, but they can never seem to blow it the other way, can they, when they're being attacked? So, well, well, uh, listeners, that, that's probably where we would miss um, uh, Ray right here because if he was here, um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go into that Braveheart speech, but I mean, if if Ray was here, it would all be about Stan Bergman and uh, Silla Black and you know <laughs> all the rest of it. Um, but um, uh, Bernard, um, I, I think uh, Colin's uh, measured uh, answer is probably the right one. Um, I, I, I probably one of the reasons for my extreme hatred is the um, the Anfield rap. I, I know they listen to us because I, I get their text messages, um, but they are they are absolutely delusional and. Um, uh, guys, if if you uh, if you're fooled by listening to Colin, um, two pods ago he called them a cult, um, uh, and uh, that, that... did you did you spell that right? And did you spell it right? Did you say the right word? Then? And uh, that, that, they're <laughs> into a two-minute diatribe on the fact that they and their supporters were a cult, and that was our that that we got over a thousand uh, uh, listens on that. Everyone. Ate, ate that up um, actually at the time, Colin. And that's why we laugh at them, isn't it? Because they do exhibit cult-like behaviour. C U L T, just in case um, anyone's in any doubt. But they do, you know. It's and it's part of their. It's this myth that they've, they've built up around themselves that somehow what they do is different, better than what every other fan or what every other club does, and and. You know the fans lap it up, and Klopp has bought into it perfectly. And um, this means more. This means more, guys. Yeah, this means we we. Um, it's it's a bit better than we come not to play. Which, uh, <laughs> I think was probably the more unfortunate um, kind of uh, little. Uh, I don't know what you call it, but uh, epigrams or whatever that uh, that their marketing people have come up with. But uh, yeah, no, and I mean that's why we laugh at them a little bit, isn't it? It's not. You, United, it's pure hate because their fans are arrogant, uh, and and it's starting to dawn on them that they're perhaps not quite as good as they thought they were as a club. But Liverpool, it, it, it's all gentle. It's it, it's all. I, I find it more humorous, you know, mm-hmm. to exhibit this cult-like behaviour where the leader is always right, and that they can find all sorts of reasons for justifying things that they do that they would condemn other people for. But I mean, that, that and that's partly football, isn't it? We're all very one-eyed um, as football fans aren't we but uh, you know I, I I always remember I mean Liverpool was always one of my favourite games over the years despite the fact they gen- generally used to dick us 
Uh, and I remember the days of David Fairclough coming on as a sub and getting hat tricks and stuff super like that. Redheaded super sub. Yeah, uh, and we had even, even you know in the in the seventies um, we had some great games against them. Uh, and one of my favourite games of all time was the uh, 77-78 season, October seventy-seven, uh, where they were in their pomp. That was one probably the, possibly the greatest club team we've ever seen anywhere in football, possibly. Well, certainly a contender for it, that team. Uh, and they came to Main Road. And, and typically, if they went one, one up, that was the end of the game. Um, uh, and they went one up when the second half we came out and absolutely destroyed them. And uh, one of the finest City performances I've ever seen was that game against Liverpool. One of, them, one of my favourite games. And, and that, that was typical. You know, you don't have a boring game against Liverpool. Well, City were... Um... Fantastic. Right up until about 79, I would argue. I think Colin might agree. Before Malcolm Allison got his hands on them and and started selling off all of our great players and tried to um, show everyone that he could um, dominate the world with a bunch of kids. But um, uh, Bernard, um, uh, Klopp always has an excuse. Uh, that's the thing that I don't like about him. That's why I, I kind of even have a grudging respect for... Mourinho, um, although, you know, he wasn't the best example, but Klopp, it's always the grass, the wind, uh, you know, the. Uh, how do you see this going? City against rock and roll football. How do you think this is going to go? It'd be funny, won't it? Because, I, I mean, I think Colin was saying there, I don't think we can use the same tactics, but I think more or less it's going to be the same team that played against Chelsea that's going to obviously turn out on Sunday. I can't see there being any real differences to the Chelsea team, as long as everyone's fit, to be honest with you. And I still can't get used to Mr. Clippity Clock with his uh, with his without his glasses. I'm, I'm that's totally thrown me. I just I just wish that the laser surgery hadn't worked. We might might have uh, not had to suffer him. Hey, but, don't, uh, don't, uh, I'm thinking of getting that myself actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's a, it's a shame, really. That uh, yeah, I can't quite get used to that. He sort of took the attention away from his teeth as well now, hasn't it? So he, you know, with this this new look he's got, but uh, he, he only plays. He only knows one way to play, doesn't he? And, uh, at least, as I think Colin was hinting at it before, at least we should know how they're going to play because they're no, he's no master tactician. Liverpool, whether they're playing Brentford or Porto or City, you've got to pretty much be the same sort of team. So hopefully, as I say, within the constraints of the 11 guys that played against Chelsea, they're going to have to play slightly differently. Uh, and obviously against, against Klopp's teams. As I said, we, we did take chances against Chelsea. We pushed very high and we left one-on-ones at the back. You can't be, we can't believe in one-on-ones uh, against Liverpool because we'll get absolutely slaughtered from the start if we do that. If we start, you know, in fact, we'll probably end up uh, two against three and stuff like this, no, if we start do those tactics that we did against Chelsea. So, Klopp will be Klopp. He'll do what he normally does. Uh, as I said, I'm not overly optimistic. I'll take a draw now. If you give me a draw, I'll take it quite happily. But uh, it worked last year. We did OK last year. Uh, I think Pep might have a, a plan or two up his sleeve and hopefully he can, he can out out uh, chess uh, Klopp. And obviously, as long as he's, uh, he's certainly not going to be too cool, is he? He's certainly not, not going to put nine men behind the ball. So... Uh, I think I think we'll be all right as long as our guys can actually remember where the net is again, which will be handy. I mean, last season, if you think about the four-one, I think I don't think there was much in it as far as shots and stuff like that. It's just that we managed to put all our chances away last season, 
uh, apart from a penalty, of course, which is just par for the course. But uh, yeah, so we've got we've got to be on it. We've got to be we've got to be Bernardo's got to put those in somehow from four yards out. We can't we can't afford another one of those days, unfortunately. But uh, I, I think I think I think. Uh, I'm a bit more optimistic now. I was, I was, I was pessimistic five minutes ago. I'm, I'm going to go at least a draw and perhaps we'll nick a, nick a win, but I can't see another oh, fall on that. Goodness, come on, guys. Let's get let's get a bit more optimistic. Um, yes. they, 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 they still, they're a bit like Man United with um, Fred and McTominay. They, they don't have much of a midfield, even now. And they've just given that guy um, a new contract. Who's the, who's, who's the absent guy for Liverpool? Um that they bought. Um, help me, guys. Help me out. Help me out. Keita. Yeah, Keita. Nabi Keita. And they've given him a new contract and uh, they sold Wijnaldum, who was like one of their decent uh, midfielders. And uh, it, it's basically Jordan Henderson and um, a declining James Milner if he gets a game. Um, they don't really have much, um, much creative power in, in the midfield, do they? Well, they don't need it, do they? That's not the way they play. You know, it's it, you know they're not they're not about uh, ticky tacker football and and, and uh, it's about getting the ball forward. It, it's very reminiscent of how Ferguson used to play. You know, United style, get the ball forward quickly and do something and cross it effectively and have, make sure you've got someone there to to get on the end of it. I mean, and that's been a very simplistic, but you know that's where they have most of their success. You know, balls coming in from the wings from the fullback. And, uh, you know, they've got three players in the middle who, you know, they have their ups and individual ups and downs, but there's always one or two of them on on form. And and, and it, it, having seen the way we played at Chelsea, I'm, I'm a bit more confident of, of going there. I said I, I would be delighted with the draw. Uh, I think we can nick a win. We could also get beat. But um, the, the thing that worried me a little bit was um, seeing some of our defending against PSG, where... Um, we reverted a little bit to headless chicken mode when the ball was coming at us. And and we seem to have got over that last season and certainly the start of this season. But um, if you were looking at the first PSG goal, I mean, it, it, to go back to the PSG game, Sterling kind of lets the ball bounce off him. It wasn't the easiest ball, but he should have done better. Uh, and then um, Cancelo failed to track Mbappe's run. Uh, and he was found. Laporte uh, deflected the ball, I think. Um, Mares could have probably cleared it, but it was a bit dilatory, and he got a sort of foot on it, but it deflected it to uh, Idrissa Gay after Neymar had screwed his shot wide. So we had a number of chances to, to clear that ball, uh, and, and we didn't take them. And that, that was, I've said this before, say two seasons ago, that was our failing defensively, that... My, my, my biggest disappointment, if there, if there was one with Pep, was I always thought that he had a system to defend. And uh, uh, last season, of course, we were brilliant, and Ruben Diaz made a big choice, but uh, a, a big, um, sorry, uh, a big difference. And um, you know, maybe signs that Emmerich Laporte's slipping a little bit. Um, Diaz maybe, you know, made one or two mistakes. So, uh, but as long as we're, you know, if we if we can get over that, if we're, if we're if we're sharp mentally, it didn't look like on on Tuesday that we were too bothered about that game, to be honest. But obviously, we need to be bothered on Sunday. So let, let, let's hope that defensively, because that that's where the game will be. I think one or well, two places will be one or lost. One is us defensively, and as Bernard said, can we put the ball in their net? 
Uh, Bernard, should KDB have been sent off uh, against PSG? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't. I don't this this argument. He got. He got the ball, and I mean, what you're supposed to do? You, you play the ball, and your foot carries on. I, I just don't understand the logic of. I've seen. I've seen bad ones that yes should be should be sent off, but uh, no, he, he played the ball. And then your foot. What you're supposed to do? Pull your foot back straight away after you've kicked the ball. I, I, don't, I just don't understand the logic of why people. People are showing the still frames, aren't they? Which is ridiculous. You can't just show the, the still frame. It, it's, it's, it, that's not. That's not what it is. And uh, a book, even a booking, I wouldn't have been happy about. But I suppose in this day and age, it, is, it had to be at least a booking. But uh, no, no, uh, not not in a million years was that sending off. Absolutely not. Uh, what was very gratifying was um, Tony Adams, uh, who laughed at the suggestion that that should be uh, sending off. Um, back in his day, of course, um, you wouldn't have looked at that twice. But um, well, and he got an OBE for that. He, he thought that he, you know, he would have got uh, applauded for that kind of tackle. Um, what did you think? No, I, it, for me, it didn't cross the line from reckless to excessive force, in which case a yellow was the right. Uh, we had much more of a claim for a penalty. Yeah, well, you're talking about Kim, Be- Kim Pembe. Yeah, how he gets away with it. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it was either a penalty or an Olympic bronze in judo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, guys, um, we've been wittering on now for 70 minutes. I think we probably need to sort of um, hit it on the head. But uh, uh, what we'll do is we'll just uh, ask the two guys to give us uh, their score predictions. We don't normally do this on the pod because uh, basically it makes us look like idiots uh, the next uh, week. But yeah. um, we don't need help from score predictions to make us look like idiots. <laughs> we are the number three Manchester City pod out there. Uh, but uh, okay, let's 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 have a try anyway. Just 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 for the one time, because Ray's not here because he wouldn't stand for this. But um, okay, right. um, Bernard. Um, all right, you've got fifty thousand pounds. You've won it in the lottery, and you've got to put it on. Uh, the score for City against Liverpool. What are you going to go for? <laughs> well, now you've said that, I mean, <laughs> I'm totally changing my opinion. Right, £50,000. Uh, oh, dear. Um, my heart, I'll go 2-1 for City, but I'm going to put the 50 grand on 3-1 to Liverpool. Oh, <laughs> Ray, it's going to kill you for this. OK, so, Colin, same, same deal. Uh, I, I would go for the same number of goals, but split evenly, so two all. Two all, okay. So it's a nil-nil nailed on. Then, yeah, yeah I, I think I'm going to go, if we still had uh, Leroy, I think we might win it 3-2. I think I'm going to probably go for 2-2 as well. That's going to get me in trouble with Ray. I think Ray would say 4-0 for City. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that, that might be a little bit um, too optimistic. But, um, guys, you've been listening to uh, the Bolt from the Brew podcast. Let's just say goodbye to the guys, and we will hear their thoughts, I promise you that, after the game against Liverpool. So, first of
First of all, you've been listening to uh, Bernard Deneen. Bernard, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I just hope it's a it's a cracking game, and we don't we don't do the old rabbits in the headlights, which we can do at Anfield at times. Uh, I just hope we uh, we keep them quiet for ten or fifteen minutes, and we don't really say that. Uh, hopefully, that three one won't come to pass. But uh, I'm looking forward to it in a sort of uh, scary sort of way, as I always do when we when we go to Anfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Savage, um, I just want to put this to you. I think Howard Hawkin on uh, the ninety three twenty pod. Uh, he always hates any game against Manchester United um, uh, because he fears for uh, the media response to the result of its negative in 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 our way. Final thoughts from you? What? How are you feeling uh, coming up to this game? Um, you know, I, you look at Liverpool. You look at the results, and um, you know they, they didn't beat Chelsea the, the fir- in the very first game. I think it was they didn't. They drew against Chelsea. Since then, they played Burnley, they played Norwich, um, they played Brentford, they played Crystal Palace, they played Leeds. Um, you know, it, it, they, they've looked good on the basis of those games. But, Are you saying they haven't played anybody? <laughs> well, you, know, you, you look at United. Um, They've got 13 points and 10 of those have come from teams that have only got one win between them. Are you saying that? It will be a bigger test for Liverpool than it's than it's been for us so far, where we played Leicester, we played Spurs, uh, and of course we played at Chelsea. So um, yeah, let's see what happens. One, one bit of sad news tonight, actually. Uh, former City wing, Bolton City winger Freddie Hill has died. Oh, uh, oh Freddie Hill. A very, very stylish player. Um, Tell us a little bit about him, Colin. Yeah, sorry? Tell us a little, a little bit about him. Well, he wasn't with us very... He, he mainly made his name with uh, with Bolton, a bit like uh, a bit like Franny Lee, but he wasn't with us very long. I, I forget exactly how long, maybe a couple of seasons towards the end of the 70s, uh, I think, um, off the top of my head. And um, he was just a... You know, he wasn't a flying winger, but he was very clever. I thought he was a very, I remember him as a very clever, tricky player. A bit like, uh, someone like Peter Thompson, the old Liverpool player. Uh, I, I always thought they were, rightly or wrongly, quite similar in style. But yeah, he, he was well regarded by City fans at the time. And uh, it was the latter end of his career, I think. He came to us and, uh, um, you know, he was a, a, a well-remembered player, you know, an experienced head did he have a good innings? Did he uh, sort of um, pass away in his late eighties, or I, I don't know. I think he well, he must be getting on a bit. If he was, if he came to us in the seventies, he would have been in his late twenties, early thirties. So um, yeah, we're talking about. Uh, I'm just trying to find something about it. Um, I saw something and then I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention that, but I can't see it now. Just bear with me a second. This is why this is uh, why uh, Colin Googles. But anyway, well, while I'm thinking, that, that, that there are some good news actually to, to, to balance off the sad news. Uh, back in June, I won a competition, uh, and the competition was to you put on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, yes, I put that out today. Uh, the competition was to um, describe your that basically what ninety three twenty the Aguero moment meant to you, and ha- what what the day was like, and what the moment was yeah, like. You won that, didn't you? And I had, I thought I had a good story for that, and um, uh, it, it won. Uh, uh, and they asked me to record a bit of audio, and I'm assuming that will go out 
later in, uh, next year sometime. What did you win, Colin? Well, I, I, funny, this was in June, and they said, oh, you'll be getting a nice prize. And I hadn't heard anything. And I sort of forgot with, with, with everything at work. And someone reminded me the other day, uh, and I happened to mention it um, to, to one of my City Matters colleagues. Uh, anyway, by coincidence, I get a, um, an email from a courier to say your parcel will be delivered on Friday. And uh, I thought, what parcel? Uh, uh, and then I realised when I checked back, it was... Um, my prize from this competition so um anyway i opened it it was a big box well biggish box uh, I, I, I thought it was a i thought it was going to be a signed shirt if i remember if i'd remembered rightly but uh, it was a bigger box than a signed shirt anyway when i opened it there was a nice presentation case with a uh, the latest city shirt with 9320 on the back mm-hmm. and um, on, on the, the back of the the label and a signed Sergio Aguero boot. Oh. And a nice hand-drawn print of Sergio. So I was very highly delighted with that. So what was it you, what was it that you said in the 93 description that won you the prize, Colin? Well, it was a, a real funny day um, because my, my dad had died uh, suddenly, unexpectedly, a few days earlier. Um, so, so that was kind of... Um, he didn't go to games anymore, but... Um, He'd watched, if you remember when we beat United 1-0, he'd watched that uh, on, on, I think, my Sky account. Uh, and that was the last time I spoke to him after that game. And he was really excited about it and the chance of, you know, we thought we were going to win the title. Uh, and, and then kind of next weekend when we played Newcastle, we were burying him. Um, so, so that was kind of one part of the day. The other part was it was going to be, it was my son's last game before going off to America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, all I could think of when the board went up for five minutes injury time, uh, all I could think of was he's going to America, you know, when he should have seen us win the title, and, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, it'll follow him to his grave today. Then, of course, uh, Edin Dzeko scored, Sergio scored his legendary goal, uh, and I just said to him, I remember saying to him, "You can go now because you'll never see a game <laughs> close to matching that." And um, you know, to, to, to be able to go. Uh, he has been back a couple of times since. Funny enough, he was at the Watford FA Cup final. So, of course, that was a bit of history in, in, in two ways, because obviously we won the domestic treble, plus we equaled the record score for an FA Cup final. And in fact, we it was the record score for a Wembley FA Cup final, because the, the Berry score wasn't 1903. Mm-hmm. It was the, before uh, the final moved to Wembley, because before Wembley was built. So, yeah, he's seen, you know, he's, he's seen that bit of history, but, you know, to, uh, Nothing could ever beat that moment, could it? And, and it, it was sort of great that, you know, within like three three minutes and 20 seconds of that board going up, three and a half minutes of that board going up, my, my, my kind of sick feeling in the pit of the stomach, and, and more for him than, than for me, mm-hmm. had, had just changed to elation. And I say, um, it, it was such a emotionally such a draining day for, for, you know, for all those reasons, not just the match, but mm-hmm. him, his last game, you know, my dad didn't get to see it. And um, I just remember we, 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 we kind of left the game, went home. Uh, rather than go home, we decided just to stop at the local Indian restaurant for a curry. Uh, and we sat there. I don't think either of us could summon up the energy to talk. You know, <laughs> basically, we were absolutely drained. But so it was kind of, you know, so many things going on in that day for me. And, um, wow. you know, I, I, uh, fortunately, they, um, they liked it. So uh, yeah. look out. Anyway. Uh, you hear me tell the story in my own voice. Oh, uh, yeah, my favourite moment of, of that. I think I'll have Alec Guinness doing it, but... <laughs> my my favourite moment of that whole thing was just watching the United fans, because they were all listening on the radio, weren't they? 
and um, and then the roar goes up, and then all of these fans are like turning around, going, "Did City just score? Did they score? Have we lost it?" Um, uh, but yeah, that that was uh, that was an incredible uh, day, and I think one that we all uh, treasure. Guys, if you want to, just a quick one, just um, before the um, which game was it? Whatever the last home game was, Ars- was it Arsenal? Southampton. Southampton. So, sorry, yeah. Yeah. I could have that. Um, I, I was stood next to you know the the guy. I think his name is John John Gregan, who was banging his scarf on the seat when <laughs> you know, balls got cleared, and I was just stood. I just turned around and was stood next to him. So it's quite funny, you know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the people you end up getting stood beside sometimes is um is uh, quite funny. Uh, guys, um, we're not exclusively uh, Manchester City. Well, if you listen to Colin, you can find out all about the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you talk to me, you can find out about Larn FC, who are now um, second in the uh, Irish Premiership. Um, uh, Bernard, do you have another team apart from City that you kind of um, follow in sport? No, man. Is it just not, not in sport, no. seconds and City women's teams? Or? No, City's, City's my team. I don't have any other... Uh... Any other allegiance to any any team at all in any any sport whatsoever? That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. All right, guys. Well, listen. Um, it's been a, a, a privilege uh, to uh, talk to you about these games. We'll be back with you after we um, after we bounce the dippers. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm not actually. You know. I'm not going to um, sugarcoat that. Um, even uh, even if Ray is not here, I'm going to I'm going to do it on his behalf. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, chat with you about that. And uh, we're just going to have to stop it here because I think it's uh, it's been quite a while. But we, we hope that we haven't uh, bored you. We hope that we've entertained you and we'll be back uh, very shortly. So I'm just going to finish off in the normal way by saying have one on us, guys. Have one on us and up the blue.